We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Yeah, we can't do anything about the names. All right, Chad, let's get into it then. Uh, can't this is do backlog. anything about the names. Yeah, we just no, can't. Can't. That's... Uh, we it's already take at least it. one full update cycle so exactly. 1.2 months from now <laughs> yeah. i'll get that fixed right out to you yeah exactly it is it is tough man it is tough out there <laughs> maybe uh, you whisper host yeah yeah asmr podcast this time Ooh. around is it still really loud for you guys no okay people no you sound good now you sound okay. good excellent excellent aj might be a little loud now okay it's just i hope there's no chat interaction for this episode because it's just going to be nameplate and amahadi right. comments the entire hour so let's yes. just mute chat and like okay I'm what do you want to talk about i'm locked in let's talk <laughs> about season eight because we've been talking to a ton of different pros from a ton of different positions and i and in a way you know just like um pros have their opinions on their uh on what they've seen in their roles i think mm-hmm. that people don't really realize that for the designers, uh, you know, you guys are coming up with ideas and trying to, to work them into the game. And sometimes, you know, you're feeling good about what, what ended up happening with, with your design. And, and sometimes you feel like you need to make some changes, but overall, mm-hmm. how have you guys, you know, you personally, I guess the design team as a whole felt about the beginning of season eight here, AJ. We've been really happy with it. I think it's been awesome. Honestly, you know, there's been a few balance adjustments that needed to be made, but overall, I think it's been a really successful launch and, you know, I don't know if I could really like explain exactly how scary it is to completely remake your entire competitive mm-hmm. 5v5 three lane map. Yep. It's kind of absurd. Like no other MOBA does this. Yep. And it scares me every time that the new map is just going to be like, everyone's <laughs> going to say it's terrible and want to switch back to last season, like, and just spam me with that. And I'll be like, well, I guess I have to just like switch it back. Like <laughs> what else do we do? You know, but l- thank God that hasn't happened. And, you know, our, our design team is really strong right now. And I think the way we worked through the development cycle in this map 
went really smoothly you know we had a lot of testing and a lot of people that came through so i had no suspicion that this map was going to be you know disliked but mm -hmm. players are unpredictable you know it's hard sometimes yeah what was the what was the thing that scared you the most about season eight being released to the public what was the one thing that you thought fans uh mm -hmm. would give you the most backlash on i mean probably the scorpions it was i didn't mm -hmm. think it was necessarily going to cause backlash they're just like, you know, very unique mechanic. And every time we're trying to layer in a new sort of these like medium, medium size objectives that relate to generally killing jungle camps like oracles and pyromancer and stuff like that. Um, so trying to find another thing to fit that niche uh, was tricky. And, you know, we went through a lot of like trait, you know, a lot of t a lot of testing, a lot of changes of it through the development cycle. But I'm pretty happy with how it came out. I think it's really cool. And like, you know, it took us a long time to get Oracle's right too. Mm -hmm. and Pyromancer, you know, don't even get me started on what that has been over the years, right? Like, <laughs> the portal. Anyone want to bring back uh, three fire speed demons? Uh, anyone? Anyone want that design yeah. back? Ask about the little guys, like yeah. little guys. Yeah, yeah. So, like, honestly, uh, it, that's a tough. That's just a tough uh, design space to design for. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'm feeling pretty good about them. Like, they feel they feel impactful, but not mandatory, and they create some interesting play patterns, but. They don't like force you to do anything that feels like chory or anything like that. So I, I'm feeling really good about them. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think the thing that I've liked the most about them is when we're absolutely stomping a team and we're really ahead that I can just leave fire giant yeah. scorpion up. So I don't have to worry about getting wiped and them getting fire. Like as well, they're only way the opposite. The game. Like I like when you're behind and you're like, oh no, we're good. They can't really do anything that important because they didn't kill the scorpion yet. Those dummies, right? <laughs> right. Just like they could probably pressure this lead by like 10k if they just actually cleared those things. When um, like chasing kills or whatever. Go ahead, Barra. I was gonna say it feels really good when it's like an even game and you're completely wiped and it's like, oh no problem. Like both the scorpions yeah. so really can't do anything. Like oh nice. It's like 30 second timeout. Sorry. Where are you going? Oh, by the way, you, you know? just get my tier one now. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Hey, that's their fault. They should have cleared the Scorpions if they were yeah. going to win a team fight. Like, they should have planned for that. Right. I actually like the Scorp design a lot because I think for competitive play, it allows you to kind of manipulate the map in ways you couldn't do it before. Whereas if you're a late game comp, you kind of fight away from the Scorps and don't want them to do the Scorps. And if you're an early game comp, you obviously play for the Scorps to get the objective right. on the map sooner. Yes. And I kind of really like that idea. We haven't screamed yet. We started screaming this week, but I, I just want to say I like I like that overall design aspect. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's like sort of a lesser known element of them mm -hmm. right now is there's this like relatively complicated mind game meta game around them and whether or not it's wise to clear them. And even if it, you could clear them for the immediate advantage of the gold experience and the jungle buffs, yep. just the way it spawns the gold fury and fire giant makes that maybe not the right decision you know and there's a lot of really interesting stuff you can do and mm -hmm. it gives you additional information to read on the mini map which is really good especially for high level play um because when you can see those things have changed or not then you can make decisions differently like players who aren't paying attention to that are going to make you know possibly make bad decisions or you know maybe you could also go for power plays it's, it, it is really interesting and I, I saw a comment in chat about why are they scorpions and uh it's because they're specifically referenced from a babylonian creature one of tiamat's children Mm -hmm. which oh. is uh you know her three creatures in her kit are part of her lore from specific characters that are mentioned in the mythology of her children but then the chaos titan the chaos minions and the scorpions are three others of tiamat's children from her lore. Oh. Yeah. we're getting deep in here you know what i yeah, mean it's gotta, it's, it's pa way past the surface you got to be digging in yeah
I never those scorpion men type of creatures are, I guess, rooted in Babylonian mythology, which is cool because they're a relatively, you know, archetypal creature you might see in many different fantasy RPG games. So it was cool to find a, a new type of mythological creature for Smite that had a, a you know, unique tie into the mythology we were exploring. So we were like, oh, yeah, scorpion men, you know, get the, get the get the rock to voice it and we're done, you know, easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got to do. Like and, and as everyone knows, getting the rock to voice stuff is super easy and super cheap. So yeah, right. <laughs> it's not that's not I mean, a problem for us. Right. right. Like, I mean, that that wasn't it, it's just I wish he could have given a little bit. You can barely tell it's the rock that's voicing them. Yeah. They just grunt. You know, what I mean, that's it. Um, <laughs> the one complaint I have for the scorpions, AJ, and I know that this is something that we obviously need to be working on. Um, correcting their nomenclature from greater scorpions to gorp and forp, depending oh, on yes, which side of the yes. map they're on. That's uh, that's important. You told me this pitch before and I really liked it and I've tried to incorporate it into my vocabulary and it yeah. just has not worked at all. No. What do you mean? It just sounds it just sounds absurd. It has gotten to the point. I've been playtesting a lot with the design team during our off season, which has been super fun. And uh, it's the, the other day, Fishman was like, all right, we're we doing four peer. And I was like, oh. <laughs> It's just like a, a, a ray of warmth entered my heart. I was like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Fish. And hell yeah, man, we can do the forp. <laughs> like, nah, nah, I, have, I, I can't, I, I can't, you know. Listen, as soon as Shady brings it up, I'm going to call it Gorp and Forp on an SPL broadcast. Like, I will. I, I can't oh, stop myself. Fine. And it, we're just getting the player base rolling on it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, just make, make it a thing, you know. That's all you got to yeah, do. I think for us this week, we will be calling them Forp and Gorp. So, and I know I'm going to hear about it if I don't give them credit. That is a that is an Evan Snoopy Man Jones yep. original. That is Snoopy's. I give him all the credit in the world. Oh, He's okay. the idiot that came up with it, and that's all. And that's all there is to it. Um, I appreciate you uh, coming clean on who yes. who created this. Uh, of this, course, this my brain is not nearly just broken down enough to come up with that. That's uh, that's that's all Snoopy's. Um, Barry, you uh, you got a question for AJ here? Um, I was going to ask why is the timers on your side of the map? Why is that get shown to you now? Is it to make the game more noob friendly? Is it to slow down snowball or what exactly for like um, red and all that? Yeah, that was a lesser known change, actually, because, you know, the 8-1 patch notes were a big a big mm-hmm. pile of changes. So there was oh, one yeah. in there around jungle camp timers and their vision specifically. Mm-hmm. Um this was again mostly an it was an anti anti invade invade change right so we mm-hmm. have the the level one no invades and we've had many metas where invading becomes more of a thing or not and just one thing that we felt has always been frustrating is not be able to get your own timers back mm-hmm. like it just gives the invading team potentially such a big advantage um this wasn't necessarily something we were th- targeting at specifically new players or pro players okay. it's just kind of a kind of something we've always wanted on the design team it's just felt especially punishing to hide that information from players i think you know and this also a common discussion in the community like i think there's a reasonable point to be made that it would be better for smite if all jungle timers were displayed to all players like as long as you just walked by the area you would get the perfect timer you know mm-hmm. regardless of who killed it or when it was killed or whatever i think you could make a point for that too just having that information doesn't necessarily make the game easier it makes you more informed to make decisions which could again make the game harder right because you could make better decisions in different places like, giving more information isn't just necessarily better for noobs but right. that was mostly done as an anti-invade strategy as a way to mitigate the potential power of invades with the mm-hmm. oh once we lose one red buff now we're going to lose every single one yeah the other team has a better better idea on us so mostly it was yeah a little bit of anti-snowball um, a little bit of a little bit of this, a little bit of that. 
Because I really like it, because if you're giving up a buff, like say we're trading solo side for duo side, and we're giving up like three reds in a row that we want to defend the fourth red, knowing when that timer is makes the game more easy to play from a like a 50-50 map trading situation. Mm. And because you're mm. always, there's always like that 10 second window of when they could have potentially dropped the buff of like, if they were soloing it or two manning it, like the timer obviously changes. Right. And I like it a lot. And honestly, I like a lot of the season eight changes a lot. The only thing glad to hear it. I don't feel is like super impactful is like I guess it's like the laning scorp or whatever. Yeah, because some it. I think it's hard to make that super impactful because it is super impactful. Then like lane pressure two v twos and all of that become like you can't play like guardians over there or whatever now because they just run it down. Right. So I like that they're not too like it feels kind of rewarding to get it, but it doesn't feel like. I don't know, I'm getting like stomped out if I'm not getting my own score or whatever. Well, no, I appreciate the comment around the jungle timers because honestly, I think that might be the first bit of feedback I've heard about it since we <laughs> launched it, right? It was a bit of a quiet feature. And since we haven't started a uh, pro play yet, we haven't really heard much discussion. So that that's really cool to hear. I'm glad you like it. Um, the lane scorps, yeah, that was definitely a consideration for us. And we were trying to be really careful with snowballing. Um, we also did a lot of experimentation with minion stats in the development cycle like tankier minions, um, slowing down lane clear, you know, keeping people in lane longer and stuff like that. We weren't super happy with ready, with many of the results. So the the idea of, you know, what you would need to clear a wave and what type of classes, you yeah. know, we were, we were afraid of people doing stuff like, you know, you know, making the Guardian class obsolete and things like that. And then also, you know, um, pressure is always such an important part of the game. It is just kind of factually part of the game. Um, it's just, it's smite really at this point. Yep. Um, that's why those scorpions have that additional health regeneration payoff. So we don't have to just make it about the golden XP they're worth. Cause yeah. if that was too intense, then that could cause, you know, specific level up situations, power plays. Like if you lose both scorps and you're a level down behind the other hunter for the rest of the game, stuff like yep. that, we were trying to try and kind of trying to avoid, <laughs> like, honestly, just the fact that they're there, like really a lot of, you know, when we're talking about smite and you really zoom out, the reason, and even just MOBAs as a genre, the reason the minions exist, the reason the jungle exists, is to create situations where players want to fight each other over <laughs> things, right? So the fact that they exist, they, I feel like they do create a lot of more interesting fights in the duo lane, even if you should maybe just be completely ignoring them. A lot of people don't. A lot of people find something, you're like, oh, I'm way ahead, I'm going to try to go for this, or I'm going to try and steal theirs, right? You, It does put you in some interesting scenarios and cause some more unique fights, which I think is great, even more important than their economic impact on the map, you know? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was thinking 
Because Vin's been complaining in my ear a lot that supports are still coming mid a lot, and he's getting three-man split a lot. So I was wondering if maybe the Scorp and the Alpha Harpy, I guess it's still Alpha Harpy. Yeah. If they could be worth more at like between like the seven, like 15 range. So you want to leave your support in duo, something like that. Because he like, yeah. he complains that he's like, whenever the support gets behind, he comes mid. Whenever the jungler gets behind, they come mid. And he's <laughs> like, I can't farm if I'm getting three man split. So I'm trying to think of ways to like make more fighting on the duo side, like the duo lane in particular, but not yeah. like you want to run like a nausea off and rear like duo lane and then stomp the lane. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Well, we've, we specifically did design those lane scorpions in that way. Mm-hmm. With their, the mid lane doesn't have a scorpion, right? Only the outer lanes does. And uh, we had yep. early in, in development, we did test some similar style scorpion type mechanics in the mid lane. But then we were like, mid just has too much experience. Sources. Yeah. And no matter, pretty much no matter how we design the map, mid is gonna be near more things right mm-hmm. we unless we put a really strange dead zone like on the yeah. side of mid they're just going to be close to stuff so we were really trying to find how can we pull things out to the sides mm-hmm. that's kind of where the scorpions came from that was another like partial goal of them mm-hmm. and you know i think we could do some balance tuning but we also like we have some other ideas and things like that we're always trying to spread people out on the map you know we we had previous metas where people were a little disappointed because there was so much like split farm. You know, we've nerfed the amount of experience you get from split farm. You know, we've done some other things. We've given that passive experience bonus to the support, you know, to let them get behind and do other things. So there's there's only so much we can do, I think, to prevent that. True. Also, you know, mages just play a little better from behind than hunters, right? That's always kind of the case. Like I always, whenever people talk to me about this type of thing, I often say, this isn't a smite thing. This is a MOBA thing. And this is not a game design thing. This is a player's thing. Like. Mm-hmm. MOBA, the way MOBAs work, the way players have found the way to win is that it's okay to put one class behind and one class way ahead, and you need to tactically choose which class that's going to be based on their impacts, right? And like, oh, so people weird. are just going to do that, right? So I don't weird think that it's all way we could in- engineer it so specifically <laughs> to prevent people from doing it. It's almost part of the, it's just part of MOBAs, right? Right. Yeah, it's just kind of weird that, that Baron just starts laughing immediately because he knows that everyone always chooses to put the mid lane yep. behind and allow these little baby hunters over there in the side lane to get all the farm for themselves. Just weird how, you know, we're eight seasons in now and it just seems <laughs> to always come up that hunters get the farm, Barry. <laughs> Why do you think that is, huh? Do you think it's because, like, your class it's is just easier, the class it's less risky? The genre, honestly. Yeah, like, your or job is easier. Game. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You have an, <laughs> you have an inside man. It's all about getting them to that max DPS, right? Like mages have solid burst damage, but the hunters have that DPS, and you just want to crank that up as fast as possible. I think there's probably some viable strategies where people don't do these types of things, but you know, it's either too risky to try or too unknown, or you know, not worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ, I don't know how much, you know, how in depth you want to go, but we were talking about anti snowball, and I know that was a kind of a big topic of discussion um, early on in the mm. season. How, from, from your data, and, and again, you don't have to go super in depth here if you don't want to, but can you talk to me about total me game up time? My sheets. Yeah, oh, he's getting, <laughs> yeah, he's getting <laughs> in there. <laughs> I've seen the let sheets. Me, they, they're too much math. query the matrix. Right. Um, <laughs> game time, no, actually, snowballing. Uh, conquest, the, yeah, go ahead. Conquest game time has been creeping up. Um, it originally, uh, dipped a good bit on the very beginning of season eight launch. And we were a little concerned that conquest matches were going to be ending too soon, you know, and maybe perceivably be too snowbally. But ever since the launch day, they've been getting slightly longer edging up and up and up. And they're there. I'd have to pull up my numbers, which I, I'm sorry. I didn't actually do it. No, um, don't have to. I don't have all of your numbers right here ready yeah. for end. Uh, I mean, I thought about it before I started the show. I've got I've got a oh. Smite DG and Casual Smite up on the other monitor because those are metrics I can actually talk about totally yeah. publicly with no worries, right? Right. But um, the, the the matches have been getting longer, specifically just of people discovering the map, right? When a new season starts and there's there's 46 new items and you know 30 buffs and nerfs and a whole new season, a new map, people are just running it down, right? It's not even the game design. That that's necessarily telling you the game's going to end early. People are just playing like crazy people, right? Right. Super aggressive, um, you know, super uh, high risk taking, uh, making calls like, you know, strange calls, things like that, that lead to the game feeling much more snowbally um, than I think the map actually is. I really think that, you know, we have to wait for a little bit more competitive play to kind of see where that's going to matter the most. If uh, if the EU farmed farm for 30 minutes type of style still works, Hope then not. you know the map's probably not too snowbally. <laughs> right. Um, if everyone is just you know, if the first kill or the first gold fury is dictating the winner of the match every game, then then it might be. You know, those are more important. I think more indicative of the map than the, when you're querying for large quantities of casual players or even ranked matches. You know, because even ranked matches have super high variance of, of what can happen. You can get the same ten top masters players and two ranked matches back to back and have one be a ten minute surrender and one be a forty five minute like, super close match. Right. Right. And it's literally just like one or two mistakes here or there. And that's, again, MOBAs. I think that's just uh, yep. that's just kind of the way it goes. Speaking so right of- now, I don't think the map's too snowball. I personally know. Um, and we have been talking a lot about if we need any specific balance changes. And we don't have anything super heavy to adjust that. But, of course, we always have a few things, you know, coming down, coming down the line. Right, mm-hmm. right, of course. Yeah, speaking of ranked, um, this season got a pretty big overhaul to how the ranked system works. Variance out the window... How have you felt that that's, uh, you know, is, have you liked the result of that? Do you still think it needs some iteration? What, what's kind of your feeling on it? No, I think it's been good. I mean, people liked it. The population for ranked is, you know, one of the highest it's ever been, or it's been steadily increasing over the years. So it's getting better and better. I mean, I, my, my main goal is to make the changes that our players want, you know, make, I want to see more people playing mm-hmm. and, you know, if that means we got to do some things that would be technically mathematically incorrect, depending on who you talk to, then I'm okay to make those decisions. Right. <laughs> and I have done that many times in the past. And uh, it's been mostly successful for the smite player base and our smite and like, you know, core smite metrics too. Like if, if a few, if the like vocal group of people were happy about ranked, but I saw the population be dropping off, then, you know, then we might be looking for a different, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, different solution here, but I, I'm seeing popular, you know, comments, uh, you, know, ha- you know, positive comments as well as good numbers. So as far as I can say, it was a strong choice. I think honestly, the most common bit of feedback I've heard from it is that people would like the general variance to decrease yet again. They would like it to see even take even more matches to go up and down. Mm. Um, I think it's, you know, uh, something we, we chose what we thought was a relatively healthy balance that was going to feel you know, like we the, like it's going to it was going to meet the expectations of what the change was intended to do. We think we probably could have made it lower, but we think people might have been really concerned about just the grind being too imit- intimidating at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the players who really were good and really set out to play a lot still hit masters relatively quickly. Right. And yeah, um, I don't think there's any world where the system, when it's balanced to, to keep adapting from hitting masters for months, is going to be fun to anyone else. Right. I don't necessarily yeah. think that's a goal we're going to be going for, but I think there's definitely some room to continue to tweak this. And I think there's a lot of other systems we could look at. Um, you know, I think there's the, the main thing with ranked at this point is a lot of players getting confused between rank and TP versus MMR. I'd like to, you know, make some changes to that. It's yep. something we've been discussing for a while. Those two different things both serve their purposes and they do them well, but I think there could be two potentially different ways to do that. You know, the most common way other games do this is to have one single number that is essentially pitched as your MMR, right? It's your skill mm-hmm. rating or something like that. Right. But it's, then it's very much not just your MMR for sure. Almost almost certainly in any other games, is it not your actual MMR? Like Smite does show you, you know, a good plus one for us. Right. But it's almost certainly some combination of a scoring metric combined with uh, your MMR. Right. So yeah. there's ways we could do that, I think, but I think most people are happy and um, the matchmaking has looked good too since we fixed a key, uh, like a key bug or two and we've been, you know, looking at the timed cues and stuff like that. And so all, all in all, I think it's been a good season so far. I mean, the hard reset has been hard for some people too. I know that was the case for, I've seen a lot of comments on that. Yep. Yeah, there were, I mean, that's the, that's how it has to work though, right? I mean, a hard reset's going to mean some weird games at the very beginning. Well, it's theoretically needed to happen because imagine if you were someone who grinded to diamond on the old system and then playing against someone who grinded to diamond on the new system, do you really consider those players like, or grinded to, let's say diamond MMR, you know, let's say 1900, 2000 MMR or something like that. Um, Are those really the same skill two players playing the, the, to 2000 MMR on two entirely different systems. Right. So then you effectively have a complete jumble of data and math, and you can't really tell who's good and who's not, except for, I don't know, just waiting until eventually people sift each other out and end up at the top of the list. So kind of needed to happen at that point, I think. Um, yeah, agreed. One last thing about it before Barra, you, if you have anything else, you can ask him as well. Uh, a lot of people, uh, I've been loving Nika's push for the MMR cap. I was loving that saga. I think that that has been a really cool uh, like drive for a lot of the top end players. D- is that, um, are you guys happy with that being like an attainable thing, hitting the, the quote unquote MMR cap at 3,500? Um, we haven't discussed it too much. We have, we had some rules and some things around that. We were trying to do less resetting this year, mm-hmm. um, because the resetting was causing a lot of frustration, um, mostly to players in the lower end though, not to pros. We did have specifically a type of reset last year that was essentially like the masters only reset to D one and see who can do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that one still seems to me like it would be the most fair, um, I've seen a lot of actual questions about this lately, and just it's on eight one patch notes. No one goes back and reads it. So I've mm-hmm. seen multiple Reddit threads of people all just speculating wildly about what's going to happen next patch. It was in the eight one patch notes, but there's no reset planned. Mm-hmm. There is no soft reset planned, and we adjusted the high MMR rule um, t- 
to be only for inactive high MMR players. Right. So if you hit if you hit masters and then just clocked out for the last couple of weeks, we are going to reset you to D1 and mm. make you do it again. But if you've been playing consistently, uh, we're not going to reset you. And that was our current plan for 8-3, which is the first split of season eight. We're mostly just going to be resetting rewards. Honestly, that's and we put that in patch notes. That's the only split change this year. No variance reset, no MMR reset, no soft reset, just uh, rewards reset and the inactive high rank players reset. But, you know, Pon Pon and I are constantly discussing just because we do that for 8.3 doesn't mean we're going to do that. Maybe people hear what I'm saying right now and go, that's a bunch of crap. I want to see adapting do it again. They need to reset him. And me and Pong to talk tomorrow and say, OK, let's do the pro reset like in 8.3 instead. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we, we change our minds. It's still it's still up for discussion uh, at this point. But going through the for the rest of the year, that's the current plan. And sure. we'll see what happens you know. Yeah, I think it's been fun to watch for sure, uh, at least from a from a content standpoint. Barry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I felt like the climb was just enough because I have my main and my smurf that I've played on and both felt like a healthy amount of games to reach like Diamond and Masters and all that. Mm-hmm. And also, if there was anything planned for people that have hit the cap, because I know Lasbra hit the cap and then just started smurfing because he kind of saw it as like no like incentive to keep playing on his main. So mm-hmm. I think he's just been playing with uh, Serena uh, on his smurf and streaming it, but I don't know if there was anything planned for players that have hit the cap, like a reward or or no, how long not currently. Factor is, I guess. I suppose we could look at you know doing. We we already had a leaderboard, and then we had to make an exception to the leaderboard for the top players. Now we have to make another exception <laughs> to a subgroup of top <laughs> players. It's like maybe it just needs to be matches one at MMR cap, right? And that's yeah. the third leaderboard, right? Um, you have like a bonus Elo stash. <laughs> yeah, right. Like let's like, just do it again. Um. <laughs> but uh nothing right now uh okay. this is good feedback though this is definitely something i could me and pawn uh should talk about and see what we want to decide on and what we could do um we also just we generally expect which maybe this is i mean maybe this is just silly on our parts but we expect that a lot of the pro players when they hit that cap that they want to play those games with those good players like repeatedly and they're not going to have the desire to go back and smurf and like carry out of hard reset 1500 again i'm kind of surprised that so many people are willing to do that to be honest i think it's just because when you hit the cap sometimes the matchmaking will just throw you like a few players that you're not loving that are on your team and especially people are smurfing against you the teams get like really unfair Hmm. i know people have complained about that because like for last he'd be queuing with like 3500 and then have a lot of lower elo people on his team versus like a lot of smurfs that'd be sniping him because if they beat him, they get a ton of MMR for it. So, like, the risk versus reward to play on your main, I think, is... Um, well, the um, the matchmaking at that point should be putting, like, the top 10 best players in the entire queue right. in your match, no matter what, yeah. right? But so even if that's spread within that, like, which is which is interesting, you know, when you... I just wanted to clarify this for the context, you know, of the listeners, where... You're getting lower players in, in but when you when Barracuda is talking lower players, he's not saying like <laughs> grandmasters are getting a random gold or platinum on their team. We're talking just like D ones are like mm-hmm. like unknown pro player. Like what do I? I mean, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I find yes. that pro players tend to unfairly evaluate non pro players who are also masters because sure. a lot of them are good enough to play with y'all. Okay, stop being a snob, Barra. Right, <laughs> play with you. Yeah. I'm just voicing the complaints from my teammates right here. Yeah. I'm yeah. just spreading the the good word. Oh, well, I think the amount AJ... of variance difference on beating someone from the MMR cap is not as high as it used to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
that wasn't so like variance doesn't hard lock your MMR entirely. There is still a match quality, which is a, there is still essentially the factor of beating a higher MMR team gives you a little bit more MMR. That factor still remains. So you don't get exactly the same MMR from every match. It's just a much smaller uh, possible band. And right. that does happen, I guess. But it shouldn't I wouldn't think it would be that extreme. Um yeah, I mean, but also, you know, meeting a person right? who's cap MMR is also just exciting for many other reasons, and they probably deserve it too, right? Yeah, I mean, the difference between the Lazarus team at thirty three hundred MMR, if he's the top MMR in the queue, versus thirty five hundred, should should theoretically be not there should be no difference, right? It doesn't matter if he's capped, so to speak. It's where he ranks among the ten players who are in that current game. Um, mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, when you're at the MMR cap, you're going to be the number one Elo every game, like, and that means that you are. Most and of it the should time, still be, be it would still be aiming to even the teams, right? Yes. Like even though you but your top MMR, so I know how people, you know, they say we try to average the top and the bottom onto that team. So that means Lazarus team Lazarus team is like in this situation is likely has the number ten player on his team as well, right? Which is possible, but in theory, that person is really close to the seven, eight, nine, and ten. And if number seven didn't get their role or something like that, they might way underperform number ten on their top god right and there's just so many there's like i said all these things that vary into the play are what make it so much harder to just you know make these things perfect every time yeah i was gonna ask you as well for i guess the lower or i guess like the normal casual fan base or like smite ranked player base um does your more matter if you get your main role off role or like the other three roles no it doesn't it's the same Uh, we've talked about doing rules around it, but it just it's going to we think would create a ton of dodging and other problems. Right. OK. Um, really, if you wanted to do this as accurately as possible, you would do it per God, <laughs> per yeah. God role combination. Right. I would know that Barracuda has thirty five hundred specifically on Apollo um, ADC. Right. Yeah. But then when he gets a, you know, solo or something like that every now and then. It's rough. It goes, <laughs> and we, and like, and the way, the, just the the ways to do that, the amount of data you would need per player, mm-hmm. first of all, I don't think we would ever be close to achieving. And then also, like, there's games that make you queue, like, choose your character and stuff before you queue, right? And I just don't mm-hmm. think Smite players would prefer that at all. Right. Because then you get no counterpicking, no team comping. Like, it makes pick spans impossible. Like, there's just, there's just too many, like, cons to that. To that option but doing it by role we have discussed and that has a similar set of complicated pros and cons and yep. still a really difficult job giving getting enough data per ranked player to accurately put them five so we've been multiplying the entire ranked matchmaking system by five effectively yep. right <laughs> seems um, like a lot it's a it's yeah it's it's complicated for sure yeah, i was wondering if like people were scared to q ranked if they wouldn't get their main role or if they would get their main role well, that's that's true, right? That's definitely true, but it's kind of become a known fact in the game that you should not queue ranked until you have at least a basic understanding of every role, right? Yeah. And at least a god that you feel comfortable like you don't have to carry, but you just know how to play your lane and not just feed, you know, yeah, right? right? If you can do that, you're probably okay in your off role and you're probably not going to harm your teammates enjoyment of the match. Right. Right. Yeah, Cause I told people they need like two to three gods in each role comfortable before they should play ranked. And yeah. people will just come to me and complain. That's like, Oh yeah, this guy's feeding in my games. I'm like, yeah, you there. There are games where you're meant to win. There's games where you're meant to lose. And every other game that you can like have an impact on those, are the games you should focus on. Right. Right. 
Yeah, but, one of yeah. the uh, I watched a content creator for for a different game talking about ranked, and and he said that thirty percent of the thirty percent of your games you're gonna win no matter what you do. Thirty percent of your games you're gonna lose no matter what you do. It's a matter of keeping your mental intact for that other sixty percent of games where what you do can impact the outcome. Forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah. I'm a math major. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at goes one hundred and twenty percent. He gives one hundred and twenty percent. You already in know, all baby. Of his life. Okay. Yeah, Especially and I got one hundred percent podcast stream. That you already know. I, look, as soon as I got one hundred percent screwed by the assault randomizer today my oh, mental yeah. has been in shatters i was yeah, waiting sorry. a little bit to talk about it with you barry but sorry everyone that lost today got screwed by the random okay no, it was no. not a skill dip no, no, no. is the perfect game mode because it's always my fault when you lose <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> aj look anyone else's fault we gotta we got if, if only for bears assault tournaments we've got to work on a way to institute the randomizer with healer logic because we got rod know, on the last game they had Ron, we, we didn't. I know, we've talked about this. We have, we have. I like to think of it that the assault is more true random assault. <laughs> it sure it's is. honestly like its purest form. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I am aware of this issue. And uh, Barra has talked to me about it before with previous assault yeah. tournaments. And we, it has some complications to it. But it's still, it's on it's on my to-do list, which is just absurdly long. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. All right. Weasel me in whenever you can. It's fine. Barra, hold on. I'm not going to let you off the hook for this. Think about our semifinal, okay? Think about our semifinal. Game one, we get four assassins plus Freya against Emilzy Ganesh. Uh, like what are we supposed to do okay that's an l getting too many assassins is, in assault feels horrible that's, that's an l sure. you know we put up a good fight yeah. but w- that's an l there are some assassins who play pretty well at assault but a lot of them feel feel bad my tank yeah. merc was popping off but it just it wasn't it wasn't quite yeah. enough merc merc is not bad in assault i like thor the just yep. stun hammer combo into a bunch of people is always good yep. right like Kamazots, i like too can leap in, can poke, can fly around. But yeah, like, I didn't have him. Certain all-in melees, like Loki and Baka and stuff we like that. We had Dodgy, Bastet, Mercury, and I forget our fourth assassin. Dodgy's not terrible, too, because you can you can Ares pull the whole team, you know? That's pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. Unless they have CT immune ults and you're feeling real bad. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. So that okay, so that so that games are watched. So that game's an L. I game two, tournament, by the way, so I have no context. So this is semifinals. We were popping off all day, Jay. I mean, that's all you have okay. to know. Okay, yeah. we, we were really getting in there. We're the only NA team in the semifinals, so we're the pride of North America at that point. Okay, okay. we're up against like Trix Tank, Cuvo Fred, Emil Z. <laughs> like we're up against a stacker, no doubt about it. Then we game two, we get a normal comp against the normal comp. We win. We win in like twelve minutes flat. Game nice. three. They get a raw, and I have to play Vamana. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, I also, Barry, I saw that you were roasting me for building Frostbound on the Vamana. Yeah. Of course I got to build Frostbound on Vamana. I've got no threat on the frontliners otherwise. Do you see how you I was playing the team anyways, fights? You were full-tank Vamana. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not my fault. I mean, I'm doing Ra my best. is my favorite assault god, period. Dude, he is so fun. He's, he's really good. He's so uh, fun. Vamana is really like, fun f tier on assault for me like that god yeah. they want to shut you down you're useless if you build full offense you die instantly if you build full tank you do nothing yeah that's yeah. the thing man they disrespected me they didn't build any anti-heal and i still didn't do anything <laughs> and that's what that's what's gonna keep me up tonight you know I mean? Ooh, yeah i guess i know i guess you probably do just be the aura bot right that's yeah that's what i did do that it's better than nothing bro Put it all your backpack Don't okay worry. i should have built full block. tank i should have built block. full tank waited until i saw they had no anti-heal no onk immediately sold my whole build for pure damage and just gone off in my ultimate that's what i yeah, should have done saying 
I don't know if you listen, but Ben was saying he would have preferred you'd go full crit for mana and go in there. Not like dog, what? Yeah, listen, Ven's gonna get some some nonsense from me on his first game this year too. Okay, that's just how it goes. We trade blows on the on the mic. Uh, that was not. He's not doing himself any favors. Okay, I hope that he's got a good start to the year. That's why I said. Like, nothing you would have built would have been good. You're literally Vamana into a raw. Like, That's why you're smart. What are you going to do? Like, maybe <laughs> you got to play the cards you're dealt in the assault. It's true. It's true. We'd already used our reroll. Our reroll, we had a really bad comp in the mm-hmm. in the quarterfinals. So I'm, I'm not upset that we used the reroll. But it was it was a good time either way. Um, AJ, Sorry, anything? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's unlucky for us. Uh, anything that you think has been really underrated so far in Season 8 that you're surprised more players haven't? Uh, taken a liking to or or talked about interesting that's a good question i probably would have you know what for it i can give I... you some moment a moment to think while i run an ad how about that we do a little we, we oh, yeah, roll the yeah, ad in there do that. yeah i gotta be doing go, that go for it okay we'll be right back here on the backliners podcast with a very smooth transition to this oh we're doing it so clean join ignition casino your go-to destination for the best online poker table games progressive slots and much more sign up with the promo code ignition 777 and deposit using bitcoin to get 25 free spins on triple seven deluxe there you go bad news aj the ad's only 15 seconds so you didn't yeah have a whole lot i mean of time to think. <laughs> so like there's always a group of gods that fall into this this category for me there's a huge amount of gods in Smite that are very good, but for some whatever reason, people refuse to play them. Yep. Um, potentially, eight. like, uh, just to rattle off a few of those, and you can check the data yourself if you're interested, but, like, Chiron tends to be one. I love Chiron. I play him all the time and play tests, and I f- he feels really good to me. Yep. Um, he's 50, 53% win rate with 4% pick rate. Like, um, there's, there's, the, there's the gods that are just, like, really, really strong, and people generally know they're strong, but don't consider them good for pro play. Uh, like Izanami, Hades, um, Chunga is is d- dances back and forth between this line. And eh. um, you know she's really good, but she's weird for a team comp. There's there's a lot of gods that are super underrated, and they're they're always has in Smite. Yeah, um, Hades, Arachne have been the top gods in Smite for years. Uh, Scotty as well. Scotty has been one of the top gods in Smite statistically for years. But <laughs> I know, you know, she just she and I know Bear. I really appreciate you trying to spread the good word, but apparently. She's not good enough. And like there's certain gods that do. You'd rather you'd rather have certain things for a pro comp. You know, there's just you have to have those things, right? And that's understandable. But there is a lot of underrated gods. There's also a lot of underrated items too. Yeah. Um trying to thra- I, you know, unfortunately it's hard for me to think of them any on the spot. But I sure. say like uh, Agro, you probably hear me in, in the balance meetings and stuff all the time. Like, I can't believe nobody's buying this. How come no one is buying this yet? Like it's so good. How many times do we have to keep buffing this before people buy this? Yeah. Um there's always some items like that. I'm I'm looking to see if I have any. We were talking about a god that was like that recently. Um, Are you sure it wasn't Chiron? No, it definitely wasn't Chiron. Oh, no, we were talking about how... An Izanami. It took players so long to realize that Guan Yu was insane. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, all right, I know everyone still thinks he's bad. We'll buff him because, as you've yeah. talked about a bunch, perception is so important, more so than the actual number metrics a lot of times to the, yeah. to the balance team. That if so like, the community thinks they're bad, they'll get buffs. Yeah, Guan was like a top 10 win rate god for years. Yep. And everyone thought he was unplayable. Yep. And then we buffed him like hugely, like two or three times. And he went from like a top 10 to like a top three. 
and it really took until the third buff before people were like okay you know i'll try it i guess like <laughs> the like, best god in the game like if you're if you're forcing me yeah. to win, i guess i'll win yeah are you sure i can't just feed on janice all day and pretend i'm good it's like yes yeah, stop doing that <laughs> just like, pick one you just pick the good gods instead of the fancy gods everyone everyone wants to you know just really swag out the plays on people when if you just like hit your abilities and do a clear thing well you're gonna win more games yeah stop picking Giannis uh unless you're Tyler Whitney um full stop that is uh that is yeah. the, that is the rule um probably the one that comes up the most right now is uh tank boots um you know we've talked about how in the pro play uh, people even think these need to be nerfed but the general player still makes a reddit post once every 43 seconds that says tanks die too fast and this game is broken and I'm like just build the tanky items and you'll be fine yeah they're like no no it must be the game not me it can't it can't be my cooldown boots and no starter item it must be the it must be the game yeah um, crit for 400 there's no item that beats crit in the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> chat i'm sorry i'm sorry about that you know Barra. we had to we had to hit those hunter nerfs pretty hard because oh, hunters, hunters were overperforming in a lot of different ways which you know I knew a lot of pro players knew, but uh, yeah, the death toll berserkers build that you could go and literally four rolls and have it do good was kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, it was. Very um, good. I don't know. I need to look up some more like just some smite wiki items. Maybe uh, we can talk about something else. And if something sure. really good underrated pops back in my head, I'll mention it. I mean, but the thing with items is that item data is a lot less specific than god data. Yep. Item like whatever possible ways you could ignore god data based on your perceptions items have 10 times as much right because when you build it what god you build it so if you look at like an item and you just say oh you know Voidstone has 56 percent win rate it's like that means nothing to anybody it doesn't even mean anything to me like i have to go do like six more queries to compare it to something specific in a more controlled scenario before <laughs> it's actually clear if it's good or not right right just yeah. items have so many asterisks attached to any data so it's just like it is honestly driven a lot by player perception and um, I don't know. Like hide of the urchin is one of the winningest items in the game, but most people don't buy it, but it's also only winning because you have to get it online. And if to get it online, you're already winning. Right. So yeah. it's a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chad, you heard it here, by the way, the best thing that you could do for my mental health is to tell all of your friends that are casuals and don't pay attention that much to smite that tank boots are the best item in the whole game and <laughs> yeah. make them understand that they're broken so that they yeah. can get nerfed that's all I'm build them for. Build, like people who get complained about getting stuck in solo or whatever not knowing build them in solo like you you know yep. you like you won't die at least you won't feed at least like that's your main goal too if you're not a solo main you're just trying not to feed the other person who might be a solo. just build the tank boots it's the tankiest yep. item you can build early just build it you won't die yep mike don't try to win your lane just sit in your tower and get your blue buffs that's all you gotta yeah, do exactly and as mike says if you play support and build any other boots you're wrong i think mike's right they're that good Buy I still love so cooldown boots, and I do it for sure. But I know it's—I know it's not optimal, and I'm usually doing it when I'm playing some sort of aggressive or more casual scenario, right? Yeah, that's exactly like me last night when I was about to go to bed, and I looked at the bowl of candy that we have sitting out for guests, and I was like, I know it's not optimal for me to eat this giant piece of candy right before I go to bed, but you know I'm gonna do it anyways. You know that—that's how I feel anytime I'm playing support, and I'm looking at purple boots or blue boots, and I'm like. That would be fun, but I know I fun. shouldn't. I can yeah. guarantee you win the game, or I can have fun. Right. And, you know, along the lines of tanks being tanky, I also have significant data that shows that having a tank on your team increases your team's win rate by a large amount, a larger than almost any other individual choice. Hmm. Um, every single Guardian 
has like 5% higher win rate in arena than every other god because people just jam DPS for fun all days. But just having one tank doing literal nothing except being a tank is just so hugely beneficial to your team. Yes. Yeah. Tanking. Good. That's a thing. Is in like, this case, it's true in conquest as well. I know the people don't want to hear any arena stats, but, you know, hey, fun fact. Right. No, I think um, everyone always like there's so many memes still about, oh, support mains versus everybody else. Like everyone's always talking about how, oh, you know, support main, you've got to be selfless, all this kind of stuff. I just don't I don't think that's really the case in Smite, man. I mean, Smite Guardians just own like they're so good you can do a lot of awesome stuff as a guardian for yeah. sure like i don't think but that you should still be tanky <laughs> yeah you you still get tanky you still get to do damage you get to contribute a whole bunch of cc i don't feel bad for any support mains out there i don't feel like you're getting abused i feel bad for like the adcs who get ganked at three times in four minutes you know what i mean i feel bad for me of course the mid laner is the hardest role and the, and the least uh and the hardest one to carry from well i've considered myself a support main for most of my smite uh career mm-hmm. but we have these uh internal tournaments now that agra is participating in yep. um, ggs the other week agra by yeah, the way gg um, and i was a young a young i was a jungle main uh last year because i got put on a team with uh no one really who was comfortable and i never really learned to jungle uh that well you know i, I had a passing understanding mm-hmm. of it you know because right. i have to be right um but i really mained it for a while and you know i was streaming a lot before uh, we had the baby and stuff and i was playing a lot of jungle i really enjoyed it i learned a lot about about the role but now this year uh, my team has I, I got paired with a good jungler, so I've been mid maining for the first time in a while, like really hard maining mid. And uh, so I like I told Agro when he invited me on the podcast, I'm officially a backliner, you know, so that's right. Ooh, good. We uh, love nice. to see that. AJ, I really do wish I, I'm playing mid lane for my team as well, but I wish I would have just switched to jungler support to give you the true mid lane treatment. Like, <laughs> yeah, to really no, know <laughs> to, to bring the heat. I, I thought that there might be more of that in the tournament. And I've talked about it with my team, too. I was like, if you ever really feel like you can't win your lane, like just switch with me, you know, I'll, and I'll play your role. But pretty mm-hmm. much every, most teams have been putting their best players in the mid lane anyway. Right. It just seems to have been happening just kind of naturally, like every team's captain is in the mid lane so it's worked out really well it's been really fun it's been a really good tournament it's been a good experience i think it gets it gets a lot of people on the on the team excited about smite you know there's people like me who are just super stoked about smite every day for like no real reason but then we got other people more excited too and uh i don't play the anubis in in the actual tournament it's a troll pick i I tell everybody i'm not gonna play it some people actually ban it against me anyway though because they because they know it's like my most played god but yeah i've got a i've got plenty of other mids that i've been playing that i think are much better than Anubis. Yeah, he too owned me with Discordia chat. He owned, he owned me. I Ooh. it was uh and it was good. Disco Disco is pretty good. I don't. Uh, yeah, I like her. I mean, there's a few solid. other mids that I've been really uh you know keeping as possible potential picks as well in the pocket. But people huh? don't seem to look to ban me at all, so I've just been sticking with the sticking with the consistency for now. But listen, man, we're gonna come. You know, we're in round robin play right now. We're gonna we gotta win our next match. I don't know if that actually does anything for us, but I don't think we're toast as long as we win this next one. That's coming. Me and teams are number one and two seed, no matter what happens. Mm. And we still are the also that's our last matchup is to play each other. So, OK, no matter what, I think we end up one and two seed and any possible tiebreakers like we still end up one and two seed because we've beaten everybody else. Yeah, um, it's going to be learning is really good, of course, but I, right. my team is really strong, too. So it's going to be a fun match whenever we get around to it. But I've been, been enjoying the mid, you know, yeah. and like I tend to like when I play smite, I tend to get really invested in a, in a specific sub sub genre of smite you know and go really hard on it I'm, i've never was one of those people who played everything like right. i played I, I like to tell the story all the time for the entire year of closed beta i only played sobek that's it only sobek 
only conquest, only Sobek. Support main for life. He was he was my favorite, and I just got really good at Smite from just you know focusing on one thing. Right. And then I got into Joust for a really long time, and then I got into I was mostly a support main, but now I'm I'm enjoying the branching out. I think my worst role is still solo. One of these days, I'm gonna have to really dedicate some time to it. It's a hard role to learn, dude. There's yeah. a lot of little matchups and a lot of little things you have to learn. And it's just a painful process because I did it on my Smurf and I was just like, oh, the first like 30 seconds are really influential here. And the first totem, like, oh, that's pretty big too. And now I didn't know if I out clear in level two. I played for the level three. Like, there's always little things that you don't know as like another role main, I would say. That's it has a lot of minor play. optimizations that are hard yeah. to know, right? Yes. I can play it. I can play it like, okay and like not feed but even when i'm winning i don't feel like i'm winning it as hard as i should be you know like mm -hmm. i'm like what am i what do i still need to do right right because there is a lot of very tight timing windows and stuff like that like it's really easy to you know what i do all the time is i i'm winning the lane and i try to go proxy and i just miss it and like half of it's in the tower already <laughs> oh, oh, no. and i'm like no come back you know? and i'm like back. oh i wasted all this time like uh you know like that that's just like it, there's a really tight timing there it's tough mm -hmm. right and when to rotate, when to invade back camps, like if you want to so, rotate to the red buff, you know. Yeah. When I play solo, I try to play high mobility gods and I do. I still build teleport because I just want to run over to a fight at some point and then just get back. Like I just so I, I tend to pick gods like that. Like I love mm -hmm. tanky Ratatosker solo so I can just go dunk on mid at least once. Like even yep. if I'm not winning, even if it's the wrong time, just I won't get punished hello. that bad because I could alt over there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's how it is. So yeah, it's the right play. You're not wrong. I, I feel for you. I, you're right. It's the right. Whatever, thing I've been playing mid and it's been feeling clean. All right, you got. Oh, that's about. what I mean, that's man. That's, I gotta give. That's what I'm saying, Barry. He's he's. I I was playing mid against him. If I was playing jungle or support or solo, I think I could have really given him the true mid treatment. You know, yep. the mid one v one. It's a little bit different. Also, AJ, I think it's worth mentioning that it, it says a lot about how much I like you as a person that I still consider us friends, even when you just said <laughs> I played nothing but Sobek through all of closed beta. Like, I, I, it, why he's one of the best gods in the game? Yeah, uh, trust me, I know, bro. I've been on the the Sobek is the best for for a long time, man. That's uh, yeah. When you finish this tank boots and you auto attack him for fifty, you're feeling good. Is that at level twenty or <laughs> level five? That. Because it's the same thing both times. So that's I just yeah. That's so, it's joke. fifty the entire game, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I had to play against Sobek two eyes. games in a row in the in the assault tournament, man. Tricks tank Sobek two games. Okay, no, oh, that is insane. Yeah, getting Sobek and assault is really good and Trix is obviously legendary on it so yeah one of uh, an iconic Trix, God Trix was one of my sure. favorite pro players for a while because I was the support main yep and I was like this guy's got tank in his name he's obviously really <laughs> into support and then he was actually famous for playing non-traditional supports right you know um yeah Trix good man I uh Trix Wukong Oh, Trix Wukong. Uh, yeah, Trix Wukong support. That's a, that's a really good uh, transition, actually, because one of the things I wanted to ask you before, wow, it's already uh, getting close to time. We, it's been flying. Um, I know, right? What are some of, we often ask, uh, I often ask this whenever I'm doing role cues, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's a fun question, but AJ, for you, are there any metas in particular that you've really enjoyed, either from a design perspective or just as a player, like some metas of old that uh, you look back at fondly? My favorite metas are the one that have no label to them. <laughs> the ones that are balanced <laughs> and even right. and have nothing specific, right? Uh, you know, there's always the crazy ones. There's the there was the dirty bubble. There was the golden the golden blade or the uh, golden oh, bow. Yeah. Uh, there was the sunder where sunder just killed everybody at level at level three. Uh, you know, rituals. There's so many messed up metas that 
Um, trying to think of one that was my favorite, honestly, like one that was my favorite to play as. I'm trying to remember. It's a tough call for me, honestly. I oh, miss yeah. rituals, I forgot, man. I miss I rituals. rituals were a thing, bro. They were fun. They were I fun. Do, I do think they, you know, obviously I designed them. I, th- I did think they had a lot of specific design goals that they were meeting. And then yeah. there was a lot mm-hmm. of requests. People still ask for combat blink back and stuff like that. And I tell them, no, I already tried my best. I can't bring I'm not doing it again. <laughs> right. um, so it like it was one of those things that looked OK on paper and in testing was was interesting. But then just too high variance, right? Too high impact. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the right the right call. And then now I'm really careful with stuff like that, like even relics and relic design and relic balance. You know, I get a lot of pitches about that. And relics are just so high variance, like it's a it's a 120 to 160 second cooldown and using it a millisecond late wins you the loses loses you the fight right and a millisecond mm-hmm. early wins you the fight like it's crazy i don't think smite needs more high variance things like that so i don't think that's the place we go back i don't like sunder i think so like of those like silly metas i think probably my favorite actually was probably something like golden bow honestly because that just made the the hunter meta like any god you want sure play any hunter you want and it wasn't right. that that painful for anybody else in any of the other roles um, i'm trying to think back like season two Bologna shing chen meadow like i did not prefer that no <laughs> um neither did i season two uh, i know a lot of people talk a lot about like oh all the new gods that come out now they're so crazy and all that kind of stuff the way that every season two god released was the most every god that got released that year was wild every single one they they yeah. all were completely out of pocket the- the new god op is not a new phenomenon and it's no. also been pretty consistently and it's in, in the amount of people that yell it it's pretty consistent <laughs> yeah um kepri kepri had like an 80 percent win rate for months i'm not even joking season like, two i was absolutely broken yep um, he was season i did two. when kepri did come out i did main kepri non-stop non un- unapologetically for a year he was my fir- rank 10 at like 78 percent win rate Yep. My first diamond god at like over 75% win rate. Although my Ares and Athena and Geb are all close too, but dude, think um, about what like release soul, Fatalis yeah, on the three, right. and Polly oh, on the two. Is there any other silly metas that I'm forgetting? I think season two was the most wild meta, just because every god was so insane. Like that was the I think that that was the Everyone talks about like power creep and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, season two, I think, was actually the strongest God kits were at any point. It uh, just two, across was, the whole yeah. game. Season two was before I worked here. I was still uh, I was playing a lot of Smite, but I was and I was actually applying. So I was working at a mobile company. So I was playing a lot of Smite, but I was mostly playing non conquest modes at that time, playing yeah. solo a lot. Um, so that was an interesting it. time for sure. Release uh, Chiron, yeah. the one crippled you. You what know. yeah the one cripple um and oh yeah oh, people, I thought Thoth actually was the lowest win rate launch ever he really was but mm-hmm. everybody thought he was really strong because his alt could one shot you and it was but awesome. everyone was missing it and the god was just dying on cooldown yeah so the god released at like 36 percent win rate but the community was saying he's op and you know i knew i mean we, we there was that's a lose-lose situation right there's nothing we can do about that either just let this god be the like be an absolute detriment to every player who plays it or buff it anyway and deal with the hate and that we chose to do to buff it um right i think probably the the golden golden bow was my favorite just like silly like nonsense meta yeah i like that meta except for the crit that was my least favorite part of that meta bring it See, back I don't, crit. crit doesn't bother me that much anyway as a player like i don't pay close enough attention when i'm playing i guess to like to be really upset when there's a crit in one mm-hmm. random spot and not another it's like hey you hit me with your shots i'm dead or i or i hit you back or i or you know 
whoever right. hits more shots is going to win in the end most of the time anyway. Right. Crit does throw that off a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, <laughs> he's got to get lucky. That's all I've never do. been crit three times at ten percent chance with my when it mattered for my career though. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's when it really hurts the most. I think it was back when Armis had her passive crit. <laughs> yep, and it was just hey. oh fun meta. <laughs> Glad we fixed that too. Yes. Yeah. I think passive crit and passive RNG has always been painful. I don't think, except for like Ola Run, I guess, right now, which is yeah. like. Nobody likes really small of... amounts of crit, and we've been working really close mm-hmm. to the design to prevent oh, that. I do want to say I'd love the crit changes, like to reduce the random low percent chance crit for this season. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you like that. I think that was actually Agro's pitch. I think I got oh. it from you, Barry. I think we yeah. were talking nice. about it one night. And, uh, yeah, Agro came into a season eight development meeting and pitched that. And we were like, yeah, sure. We were actually talking about some stuff kind of like that. But that's like a pretty clean way to do it. And we were like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's get it in there. Because for some reason, when you get hit for a 5% crit chance, especially by like a Mercury or something like that, you're like, oh, yeah, I deserve to die there. Right. That's still 300 well, of Don't face. get punched by Mercury, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that was a, this position. me, punches me 300, wants me for 300. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Cool. Couldn't That's do anything about that. Sometimes. Yep. Um, all right. We're already uh, basically in an hour here, so we actually have to wrap it up. Barry, if you have any <laughs> other questions for AJ, or I've got, a, I've got. A, I actually thought ahead this week for my random question of the week. A very rare occurrence for me. Mm. I don't have any like short questions. I still have some more questions, but <laughs> I can right. try to go quick. You guys had Give two them. to five minutes of like tech support at the beginning, you know? So yeah, you that's get, true. Like, oh, you yeah, grace yeah. All right. Go ahead, Barry. Go ahead. I was gonna ask why the change back to this current. I guess meta of starter items versus the role defined starter items because I remember before we changed the role defined starter items because it was easier to balance just for like each role in particular. But mm-hmm. now we've changed forward to a lot of different starter items and a lot of different ideas, which I like. I think yeah. it's interesting and I think it changes the game a lot. But I didn't know from a design perspective how difficult it was to like balance Death Toll around Soul Laners and hunters and maybe hunters in the mid lane versus like all the other balances you're having to do at the same time so yeah it's it is i don't know if that's a question but no there's a few (laughs) different ways i could answer that question honestly there's a few different ways to do i like kind of the more because since i'm my position as the you know design director the more Mm -hmm. zoomed out reason is because our priorities changed as a game right at that time in the old days people were really hung up on balance right people Mm -hmm. were generally mad at us a lot for balance people really wanted some more consistency in the game so we could deliver a new experience, which is always our goal. That's kind of a convi- like a continuous goal. Mm-hmm. But we were like, let's deliver a new experience and also one that's more strict, right? One that's more, we have more control over, um, one with less variance. So that was really the blessing design. And I think it was really successful at doing what it is. But mm-hmm. when you look at it now, it's definitely less exciting than having all these different items. So when we were looking for season eight, though, we're like, okay, we've been on a pretty good balanced track record. Like, obviously, there's people out there who hearing me talk right now are going to go, whatever. He's never made a good decision <laughs> in his life. Like, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to please you anyway. I, right. I'm not, I'm, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not work, working for your opinion. But generally, <laughs> you know, people are more happy with balance. They like our processes. We've been mm-hmm. changing our processes. We've been changing our communication people are more happy with balance so we could do something that's like the priority was more more diversity and build choices more engagement more flexibility between roles roles and builds Mm -hmm. and yeah it does it is strictly harder to balance that than blessings are and we're still actively working through it right but there's been nothing i don't think that's been really upsetting you know to the like Mm -hmm. sunder level right like launch launch sunder and stuff like that so i think it's mostly that it's a priority change and the priority here was that we wanted to do something intentionally to add some variance, add some excitement, you know, spice things up. It was it was it was very intentional in that regard. 
Yeah, I like it a lot because it kind of takes away from the cookie cutter hunter builds and you kind of have more diversity and you can actually like think instead of going, oh, I'm going to go Hunter's Blessing here. I'm yeah. going to go Devo next. I'm going to go Boots next. Oh boy, oh boy. Like same build for like eight years. And, and speaking back to underrated items, I think there are many god roll starter combos mm-hmm. that we have not seen that are almost certainly the more viable options we have not seen them yet i think that's mm-hmm. that's almost a mathematical truth that mm-hmm. those exist but the truth also mathematical truth is that the smite player heavily defines by perception and will not deviate from that <laughs> so we'll see what happens we're, we're very smart especially in the pro scene <laughs> you know well, we, we catch on really fast to everything oh yeah it only took yeah. uh five guan Yu buffs to figure out that that god was good or Three, weird, uh, right? yeah, three buffs to what like Blackthorn Hammer had to get buffed into it into the stratosphere before anyone realized <laughs> that that item was good. Like, it was like, yeah. all right, would you buy an item for nineteen hundred gold <laughs> with five hundred HP and forty power? And everyone's like, ah, uh, infinite mana. Yeah, Hello? like, well, is I it- don't know how that wasn't built on every single physical god, like three a game. <laughs> yeah, which I guess it eventually did for a little while, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it. Everyone got there. That and credit to the Smite player base, they get there. Eventually. Credit to solo laners. You know, yeah. these are all solo laner things. That is true. Right. Yeah, that is true. That's uh that seems you to be a trend. You guys catch on eventually. That seems to be a trend. Um also uh one last thing before we get to the to the random question of the week. When, whenever I tweeted about it, and, and and I've gotten multiple messages about talking about buffing Zeus to AJ, and I just want to say publicly <laughs> oh, yeah. that I buff I bother AJ about <laughs> Zeus way more than anyone should ever put up with and uh, and we're not going to put him through that here on the podcast yeah the thing is with zeus is that the god just still performs really well in all non-conquest game modes mm-hmm. and is relatively popular so i really have to be careful i think the team as a you know when we're making decisions as a design team if we're going to make this god now just suddenly better in in conquest and high level play what are we going to lose from the average player experience and what you know might end up happening to this god and it's really popular god so it's just a lot of risk right yeah i don't think it's something i'd say we'd never do but it's something that it's not an as easy of a rework case as all of our previous reworks generally i've specifically avoided reworking gods in this exact position and i've given this exact feedback many times people say the same thing about reworking like anubis you know and it's not that i just love the god but the god is generally fantastic everywhere in the game except Mm -hmm competitive pro play the god stats are actually pretty dang good anubis is even in high mmr ranked yeah uh, zeus drops off a bit at that point so he's not quite as good as anubis in that regard. but it's it's tough you know it's tough to think about your one of your most important gods in the game your box you know cover cover art god mm-hmm. um super popular in all of our casual modes and then just reworking the kit and how is it going to affect the game it's risky you know absolutely no I, I and i've gotten that speech and many more from aj and they've all been warranted and i think he's very yeah. i think he's correct <laughs> for sure but i just want i just would have gotten a lot of messages and i'm just getting ahead mm-hmm. of him, uh but no i appreciate you on that aggron we're gonna continue to work together on this concept and see if we can find a way to <laughs> get the best of both worlds on this god that's right baby we're gonna we're gonna keep on trying we're gonna i don't keep think on it's trying. gonna happen anytime soon but we're <laughs> no. gonna keep trying we're gonna keep on trying you know like yeah how long did it take clumsy to get a Giannis uh a Giannis buff and change in there like that's that's the that's the goal that i'm working towards you know clumsy level longevity uh, yeah, what about okay for my Zeus boy. follows people great okay Barra thanks for ruining that's that set me back months oh, of progress oh, man <laughs> now we're looking at 10 r3 is my as my first opportunity great man also I was thinking of storm you know storms move <laughs> right know? that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. weatherly correct 
Right. For all of our podcast listeners, Barra had the perfect, like, aliens guy meme hands. Like, they were perfect. Like, what if it it followed you? Like, it was the perfect crazy aliens guy from the History Channel meme. This is why I'm a pro player and on the design team. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, uh, we need you there, too. It's not the worst Zeus pitch I've ever heard. The worst Zeus pitch I hear all the time is let him recall the shield. Yes, which is effectively just an insanely good cooldown buff and does nothing to make the kit better or less frustrating to play against. It's just an absolute nonsense. That's just weird. It just makes it here. The most common suggestion I ever get. It's super common suggestion. Yeah, it's, like it's an America shield. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Barry. How fun does this sound? Okay, so instead of me having to throw it out and wait a long time, what if we're mm-hmm. Phoenix sieging and I throw out the two, your tanks back up, I can chain lighten them. Okay, cool. I'll call the two back. It's on a four second cooldown. Yeah, let me just get a manually five second cooldown buff at my right. discretion, whatever and then, I want, with and then no cost of. Keep no on throwing it. And eventually, yeah. one of your. <laughs> eventually, Jake's going to get bored and he's going to think, ah, what's the worst that could happen? And then I'm going to chain off the shield onto him, onto you, and I win the, and then I win the game. Right, exactly. Like, that is. It it's, is it's, such it, a bad it, gameplay. It, it shows up on Reddit probably once a week, and I have to go. As the number one, <laughs> as the most prominent Zeus lover in the Smite community, stop suggesting it. It's horrible. I, 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 hate I that never knew that was well. a thing. That's crazy. I get it it's all the time. It's a very popular well. suggestion. Very yes. popular. Yeah. No. And then, uh, so we just change that and then the alt follows people around for the rest of the game. That's, uh, that's, oh, that's a, oh, the rest <laughs> of the game. Just, Take Baba and Zeus and put their kits together, and right. Zeus now has random See? shaped chain lightning and an alt that chases you, <laughs> and Olympus crashes down on him. Zaba Zaga coming to a coming to a smite patch near you. Sometimes shields are just bouncing off the walls yeah. down the way. Barry, it's funny you mentioned Captain America because my my random question of the week is that. Oh. PBM said to me the other day that he hasn't really seen any Marvel movies. He's seen like one over the course of the last like, you know, 10 years. And so, and I was thinking about rewatching them. So we're going to, we're watching them from the very beginning chronologically to the Mm -hmm. end. Uh, And it made, I've been kind of, I just watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was good. If you guys haven't seen WandaVision, you should be seeing that. That was very good as well. Um, Do you guys have a favorite? Who's the, who's your favorite superhero? Is the, is the random question of the week? It's funny that because I'm I'm like almost PBM level of not into superheroes. Really? Uh, I'll, I will say this right now: like, let's say six of the eight last superhero movies I've watched have been on airplanes. <laughs> That's the only because <laughs> I just yep. don't care enough to watch them. I don't go to the movies much. Yeah, I do. Lo- you know, I get really into big movies that launch, but I generally just wait until they come out on streaming services and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the movies, and you know, I watch Marvel movies only a little bit. Um, my I don't know. Like, Do you I don't have a favorite. Have a favorite like, you weren't a comic book kid growing up at all. No, not really. I loved the Ninja Turtles growing up. Okay, and the Power Rangers. Yeah, I never really was into Spider Man, Batman, or anything like that. Like, um, I think Marvel has done a fantastic job with a lot of the new the new characters, like the reimaginings. I love how they did Doctor Strange, Spider Man, yep. Black Panther, Loki. Yep, those are probably my favorite characters in the MCU. Sure, as of lately. Um. I, you know, Spider-Man's been through a few iterations, but I, j- I tend to like him every time because he's just a smart ass and his powers are really cool. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it works every time. But I don't have like a favorite superhero. I'm not super into superheroes. I'm sorry. You know, it's all right. I'm sorry that uh, the, the random question of the week ended up being unlucky. Uh, random. It's not just something like I'm passionate about, but it's something I can give a general design commentary. All on right. Well, then uh, real quick before Barry gives his hor- sure to be horrible opinion, because they always okay. are. Uh favorite planeswalker than aj from magic because i know that is uh, in your Ooh. alley 
Yeah, that is tough too. You know, I'm I'm probably a Nicol Bolas fan, honestly. Yep. Um, and after I, I don't read the story for magic that often, but when I, I read the Amonkhet one, yeah. and I think I even recommended it to you. Did you read it? I did. Yeah. You sent me the it's whole doc. I wrong. read it. No, it's not. Yeah. But I, I've never really read the story, but I loved the Egyptian setting so much. I was like, I'll read the story. Yeah. And the story is essentially Nicol Bolas just easily dismantling everybody <laughs> else. Just snap of his fingers destroying them and i was like yeah this, Built is, different. this is so badass i love this he's a dragon sorcerer and he's in my favorite colors like yeah i think i like you know i like jace as, as a close second still he's just cool but no tybalt i mean tybalt is fun too he's a troll if they ever print a good cheap red tybalt he might become my favorite yeah but no it's definitely nickel bolus for now he's he's badass Dude, I uh, I love I love Nickel Bolas as well. I still I didn't even play whenever it was whenever it was released. But if I could ever find a way, if they could release another a Johnny Vengeance esque Planeswalker Ooh. like that, really cool. I did. I, think I played a, cool a lot at that space. time, and I loved that card. Yeah, I think that card is super cool. I think that, that design space of like normally a Johnny mono white like had something horrible happen to him. Now he's red white. Very, I think that's very cool, and I and I hope they do more of that kind of stuff in the future. All right, Barrett, sorry to make well you, uh, card. yeah, sorry to make you sit there and listen to us nerd out about oh, magic just, a little. All bit. right, tell us which Bane archer Hulk. is your favorite superhero character now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely actually, Hawkeye, obviously. Hunterdane. I would say I think okay, a kind of a bad take by me, you know, nothing. Wow, near, what a surprise! But I think it's Batman. Because okay. The Dark Knight is the only superhero film that I've gone back to theaters to watch because that I love the movie. That was a really good movie. Yeah, those movies yeah. were great. I don't I think, love Batman and Batman, but those movies were great. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, like, I will say Batman, like, I would never, like, read his comics or, like, anything like that. But that movie, it was my favorite movie. I, I mean, probably of all time, because I think that's probably the only movie I've ever gone back to theaters to watch. I think I watched it, like, three times. Yeah. And that was... Oh, such a good movie. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, those movies are great. Here's the thing. So he, now Bear has done his thing, which is give a bad take. Though it wasn't a bad take this time. What? But we're, yeah. really? No, it wasn't That's a bad take. It, good take. It, was, it was a good oh, take. I'm proud of you. The movie is good. Now I'm going to do my typical bit, which is going way too in-depth for no reason. Here's the thing <laughs> about superheroes. No, no, you can't. Here's the thing about superheroes <laughs> is that they're only as good. The, the, the super vil, what makes a superhero good is also how good their supervillains are. A superhero can only be as good as their villains. So in, in a in a vacuum, Spider-Man is my favorite. I think he's super cool. I love the personality. Mm -hmm. I love his powers, all that kind of stuff. But let's call a spade a spade. His villains all suck. Like Vulture is just some old ass man. Spider Spider Verse did a great job with the villains. Spider Verse was good. Yeah, I like the Spider Verse villains. Better and there's movie. some there's better some than cool previous Spider Man movies had. But like mm -hmm. Spider Man better villains than Paul are Giamatti bad. in an animal suit. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spider Man villains are bad. Okay, Batman I think sucks in in a lot of ways. But I think Batman villains are are really good for the most part. I think that Batman has a lot of dud villains. He has well, a lot of really honestly. bad ones for sure. Yeah. But I think that you think like Scarecrow, I think is a, is a really, really sweet villain. Mr. Yeah. Freeze is a really sweet villain. Obviously Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker, one of the best super villains yep. of all time and probably forever will be. Of course. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, uh, Slickson in chat does say Venom. Venom is the only good Spider-Man villain. Okay. Probably not the only good one, but he is the best one by far. Venom. I super they did cool. a really Carnage good job with cool Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio was movie. good in the movie, I but I think really he's kind of a little bit lame overall. He's kind of just worse <laughs> Scarecrow, right? 
Like he's I just worse know. scarecrow. <laughs> I thought they just did a really good job with that movie, I guess, and that specific portrayal. I agree because I did see that one. And then uh, into the Spider Verse, the villains were really cool. Doc Ock. Was, yep. The way they re- reinterpreted Doc Ock was really cool, and the the character that turned out to be his uncle or whatever. Spoiler alert! And I don't remember even the character's name, but that was a, that was a really cool villain. What too. is that Prowler? Mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Prowler. Yeah. Prowler is not bad. Do- but like when you think about some of the other, yeah, chat, you're bringing up all the good ones. Doc Ock and Venom are great, but what about like? Rhino is lame. How about the best villain though, Agro? The shock, like Shocker, is the worst. I hate Shocker. Um, the best villain overall. I think my favorite villain. It's uh, Loki. Yeah, Loki is obviously Mm -hmm. the best. I think not necessarily MCU villain. I think like comic book and that kind of stuff. Uh, Oh, you're going outside the universe. Yeah, outside of the outside of the MCU universe. I would say that my favorite villain is probably Mr. Freeze. I think he's, I think what? he has like a really interesting dude. His backstory is really? sick. Yeah. Yeah. He's just but doing he's always thing. so cheesy. And what's movies. the backstory? He got like put in a freezer. No, man, his wife, his wife was died. terminally ill. She's terminally ill. And he, and he's trying to cryogenically keep her alive in yeah. order, in order to Until find a cure for yeah. her disease. You put her in a freezer. Yes. They're all freezing dog. They're, they're oh. the freeze family. That's how it is. I think Mr. Freeze is sweet. All right, everyone's that's yelling. Not where I thought you were gonna go with that. Yeah, that's same. Sure. No, Mister Freeze <laughs> is cool. Venom is my favorite Spider-Man villain by a long mile. Did you like the Venom movie? Um, it wasn't bad. Where he kind of makes Venom feel more like a hero than yeah. A it was. I would give that like a a five out of ten, six out of ten. Like it wasn't it was horrible. One of those movies that I thought was fun, but it right. was by no means like a great movie. You know, like yeah, cinematically, exactly. like you know, it's not winning any awards. But I enjoyed it. It was just a cool fantasy, right? A very right. unique. Like the very unique take on superpowers, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I just like the pure evil supervillains. I don't like when they humanize them. I just like when evil is evil. That's an outdated uh, opinion there, Baron. Yeah, you got yeah. to have some motivation. I, like Loki is the best villain because you side with him half the time, right? And Thanos, like you kind of get where he's coming from, but you know what's wrong mm-hmm. anyways. Like that's that those types of motivations are the best. I just like the pure evil, like kind of like the joker in dark knight where he's just like oh i'm just gonna like blow up this hospital real quick just like that yeah. kind of i mean the Heath ledger's evil joker is probably still the best of all time right oh yeah. of course i mean i really liked those uh like the not thanos but his like generals the, like four aliens oh yeah that mm-hmm. were on they all were really cool and had really cool like a like unique features to them like weapons and stuff like that I don't know any of their names or if they're canon <laughs> or anything, but they, and they all had not enough screen time in my opinion, but they were all really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they were really cool. Uh, all cooler than Thanos, who I thought was relatively boring and looks like Purple Hulk, right? He is Purple Hulk, but he snaps. So that's uh, I don't that, know if I've seen the latest Hulk. one. Barra, that's like also, two there's so many. I honestly there's forgot 20, that I had there's seen like them. There's like 23 of them, dude. There's 23 there's movies many. in the, in the MCU. Lost. I've seen him. Dude, Agro, I literally was on a plane and was like, oh, I need to watch a movie. Let me put on the Marvel movie. And I watched it for like 25 minutes before I realized it's one I had watched before. <laughs> well, <laughs> that can happen I had mixed up the order. Yeah, that can like, happen to you. I like, check, the, check which order they were supposed to be in. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I've, I've seen this one. Well, we just this watched the familiar. first one in the MCU, which is the first Captain America. That's the first one chronologically. 
uh, Captain mm. Marvel's up next, so you guys can... Captain Marvel is good. Yeah, I like Captain Marvel. That was, I like uh, that one a lot, too, actually. That was a pretty good movie. Um, all right, thanks, everyone, for, for watching and listening. Thank you, AJ, for taking some time out of your uh, schedule to come on. Maybe maybe after, like, mid-season or something like that, we can we can have you back to talk about some of the some of the big changes. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm also saying, like, we should do another soon-ish episode, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff we didn't yeah. go into. I mean, we can also, we, I, I'm down to hit up like Pawn or Clumsy or Fish or oh, yeah. you know, any anyone from the they, I'm from the sure they'd be squad. happy to. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it was fun. Alright, thanks everyone for watching and for listening. Make sure you're giving us a rating, all that kind of good stuff. Liking mm-hmm. on Barra's YouTube uh, if you're watching it there. And commenting, mm-hmm. that helps a lot on the algorithm. That's what all the YouTubers say at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. And make sure you're checking out all the Like, other subscribe, hit that bell, you know, right. all that Smash that bell, actually. Smash that bell. Overhand smash yeah, overhand, bats, <laughs> overhand smash the bell, and we'll see you next time here on the Backliners. Barra, you know what to do. Bye. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.